This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Hello there. This is the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm so thankful to be with you. It is so awesome to be in your presence right now. I've got some things going on. I'm in a new studio. How awesome is this? It's a little different, so I'm a little unsettled, although it feels like home a little bit because a long time ago, I've been doing this show for 14 years. I know, crazy, right? And uh, for many years, I don't even know how many, seven to 10, I did live in this studio, and then I went into a smaller studio and did pre-record. So here I am again here, and uh, it's pretty exciting to be here. So today's message is going to be on what does it mean to seek the Lord, and so I'm going to be talking to you about that. So... When I was coming in today and I was thinking about this, I was thinking to myself just when I was parking my car that we as individuals, human nature is we have habits and that our habits will determine our future, both good and bad. And an easy thing to relate this to would be uh, the simple things such as what we eat or when we eat. I mean, these are just ways of, of knowing You can see the results of these things just so simply. I had a horse a long time ago, and this horse was so old, and it hadn't been fed well, so it was very skinny. And I went to uh, the feed store, and I just said, I have this horse. It's this old. This is the kind of horse it is. And they gave me a regimen, a diet, a new food plan for this horse. And I am telling you that I followed the food plan, and when I changed the food and timing and all of those good things, what happened was there was this transition in this horse that was so obvious. People said, where'd you get that new horse? And, you know, the horse was, uh, he, he placed 23rd in the Kentucky Derby a long, long time ago. And uh, here he was just beautiful and wonderful and shiny and healthy with no bone showing. And, and it was just so obvious to me that we are what we eat. And that is an, it's an easy one of figuring out that as we change our habits, they could be so small, but they're going to change our life just by making some small tweaks. For instance, I parked in a different place today because there was no parking. But in doing that, I had to remember where I parked. So that's not something I normally have to do because I usually park in the same area, same place. And so I just get out of the elevator. I know that I'm going to turn right and I'm just going to go down and there's my car. But in this case, I realized I was changing my habit. And so I had to pay closer attention to the habit, the new habit or the new thing that I was doing. And that's the message here that I'm going to talk about because I'm going to be talking about what does it mean to seek the Lord and little things that we do can change our relationships, whether it's your relationship with our Heavenly Father. He says to seek Him first, right? So we'll change our relationship with the Lord and I can tell you firsthand that as you become closer and nearer to the Lord and understand what His will is for your life, that it's going to change how you respond, how you react, and it's going to change your life. Now, some people aren't going to like it. There's just going to be people in your life that are very comfortable with the way things are. Even though you know that they could be better, they're comfortable and they're not going to want to move out of where they are. But that shouldn't change you because you need to be focused on making yourself a better you. And how do you do that? You know, how do you eat an elephant? You eat a big elephant one bite at a time. And doing these little things will change the outcome. And your life will be more fulfilled. You will feel better about who you are and what you are. And you're going to understand more probably on why you're here. And so all of those things considered, if that gives you any, any, um, 
you know, uh, help or motivation to work on this, then, then that's a good thing, right? So seeking the Lord means seeking his presence. Presence is common translation of the Hebrew word face. Literally, we are to seek his face. But this is the, the Hebraic way of having access to God. To be before his face is to be in his presence. But aren't his children always in his presence? Yes or no? Yes, in two senses. First, in the sense that God is omnipresent and therefore always near everything and everyone. He holds everything in being. His power is ever-present in sustaining and governing all things. And second, yes, he is always present with his children in the sense of his covenant commitment to always stand by us and work for us and turn everything for our good. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age, Matthew twenty-eight twenty. But there is a sense in which God's presence is not with us always. Have you ever sensed this? I have. I'm like, where are you, Lord? Where are you, Lord? Have you ever said that? It's like I'm doing everything I think I'm supposed to. But where are you? For this reason, the Bible repeatedly calls us to seek the Lord, seek his presence continually. Psalm 105.4, God's manifest, conscious, trusted presence is not our constant experience. There are seasons when we become neglectful of God and give him no thought and do not put trust in him, and we find him unmanifested, that is, unperceived as great and beautiful and valuable by the eyes of our hearts. Now, see, I read that, and I can say exactly where I am right now in this relationship. And I ask myself, what is it that I could be doing that would make this more present in my heart and in my life? What is it that I'm not doing that I could do more of? And what do I do? What do I have to let go of or do less of or cut off completely that's going to help me with this relationship with our Heavenly Father? His face, the brightness of his personal character, his hidden behind the curtain of our carnal desires. This condition is always ready to overtake us. That is why we are told to seek his presence continually. God calls us to enjoy continual consciousness of his supreme greatness and beauty and worth. If you were just going to take what I just said right there and you were going to do an evaluation of yourself, where would you feel you are? Is there room? Is there room for improvement? Could you do more? Could we be better? That is the question we need to ask. How are you doing? How does this happen that we get this this feeling and this um, presence of understanding and knowing that he is there, he's always there, this continual seeking? What does that mean practically? Both the Old and the New Testament say it is a setting of the mind and heart on God. It is the conscious fixing or focusing of our minds, attention and our hearts, affection on God. Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. First Chronicles twenty two nineteen. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Colossians three one two. Now look. Listen, whether you're listening to Christian radio or you're listening to country radio or wherever you are, your life matters. Your life matters to God. 
Your life matters to the people that you impact because you are impacting people every day. Ask yourself, how are you doing? Is the ripple effect of the decisions you make positive or negative towards those that you have a significant impact on? You know, I was thinking about this as a grandmother, and I was thinking about that I have a lifespan, as do you, on this earth. And I was thinking that when I'm gone from this earth, just as when you are gone, because that is a given, you will be gone someday, right? No matter what age you are that you're listening to this show, there's going to be a time when you're not here anymore. And for me, I want to leave a legacy. I want to speak into my children. I want to speak into my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. Even when I'm gone, 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 and they've never even heard my physical voice, seen my physical face, or felt my wonderful hug of love, that they have impact from my words. You know, music does that, songs. You know, they can, no matter what age you are and no matter where you are, that there's songs that will impact you both positively and negatively based on memories or experiences we've had. Music is an amazing thing, and it crosses over all nationalities and all, you know, every barrier. It covers that. I can remember my daughter being in Italy, and, and she, I didn't speak Italian, but she was playing Disney music, and all the kids in there were singing the songs because it, it crossed all barriers. So what I'm saying is, is that you have that same ability to impact those right now that are in front of you and that are within your reach, but also years, days, months, on down the line, decades, centuries even maybe. Who knows? My impact here is is that I'm realizing that this is a love letter to my children and their children and their children and their children, that I want them to understand the most important things in life. They're not of this earth. They're not here. They're where do you go when you leave this world? What are you leaving behind What messages are you giving? If you were asked to be on the radio, what message would you want to deliver? You're listening to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. I'm, I'm telling you that because I want you to know that you can find so many shows. I've been on the radio for 14 years. It's amazing to think that God put me in this position. I didn't ask for it. It was not even, it didn't even cross my mind to be here with you on the radio. But the Lord wanted me here for a reason. And let me tell you this is that all the things that we go through in our lives, from very young to current, that we go through these things, not because God wants to harm us, not because he wants us to feel pain. A lot of it is, my mom would say, is that, Sue, you're going to have choices to make every minute of every day. She didn't call me Sue. She called me Susie. Susie, you're going to have decisions to make every minute of every day, and you will suffer the consequences or reap the rewards of your decisions. Now, isn't that true of you and me today? We have choices to make. We have a choice on whether we're going to get angry and let that anger take over and we're going to say things out of our mouth that we regret or we're going to hold our tongue and we're going to think and we're going to breathe and we're going to take a moment to realize that we love this person and that we really don't want to harm them and we don't want to defend ourselves and and lash out. We want to love on this other person and we want to seek to understand them, where they're coming from, so that maybe we can meet somewhere in the middle or maybe even further on their side. It's okay. But to my children and my grandchildren, my most important thing is I want them to understand the love of God, that they are precious in his sight, that they're beautifully and wonderfully made, that they are a blessing. They're not a hassle. They're not a problem. They are a blessing given to me. 
I'm honored to be their mother or their grandmother or their great-grandmother and on and on and on. And listen, we are who we believe, what we believe. And if we don't think about those things, we have to check it at the door. We have to really think about it. You know, the Lord says give thanks in all things. Are we doing that every day? Are we giving thanks in everything? Because if we're not, we're going to choose differently than what maybe we really want. Then we have to go back and say, I'm sorry. That's not the worst thing in the world, but it would be nice if we didn't have to do that, that we would just think before we have to go back and make it right or try to make it right. Sometimes we might not be able to make it right. Hopefully we get a second or third chance. Hopefully. But it is a conscious choice. This setting of the mind is the opposite of mental coasting. It is a conscious choice to direct the heart toward God. This is what Paul prays for the church. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3.5 It is a conscious effort on our part. But that effort to seek God is a gift. It's a gift from God. We do not make this mental and emotional effort. To seek God because he is lost, that's why we would seek a coin or a sheep. But God is not lost. Nevertheless, there is always something through which or around which we must go to meet him consciously. This going through or around is what seeking is. He's often hidden, veiled. We must go through mediators and around obstacles. God calls us to enjoy continual consciousness of his supreme greatness and beauty and worth. Think about that for a second. This is a Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Go to my website, check it out. There's so many things on that website I really want to share with you. But you have to do something here. You're going to have to find it. You're going to have to click on it. You're going to have to peruse through it to find something that might help you or somebody you know. There is so many messages, 14 years of messages, and they're an hour long Um, You can listen at your leisure, which is really an awesome thing, going through podcasts and going through my website. So please, please do what you can to go there and check it out. Um, The heavens are telling the glory of God so we can seek him through that. He reveals himself in his word so we can seek him through that. He shows himself to us in the evidence of grace in other people so we can seek him through that. The seeking is the conscious effort to get through the natural means to God himself, to constantly set our minds toward God in all our experiences, to direct our minds and hearts toward him through the means of his revelation. This is what seeking God means. You know, I have had the privilege as a grandmother to be in the labor room for all three of my grandkids. How that happened was totally a God thing. But I happen to be in there to see the miracle. Anybody that questions whether there is a God or not, just be in the birthing room and watch that whole thing happen. It's amazing. It's so amazing, and it's incredible, and it's beyond words. You know, you just can't explain it to somebody that hasn't been through it. And they do call it labor for a reason. It is labor. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing, though. And going through it myself and then being there to watch my daughter go through it and watch my son in love Uh, you know, experience the pain that my daughter um, was experiencing and whatnot. Just the whole thing and the love of when that baby finally comes out and meets his mommy and his daddy or her mommy or her daddy. It's an amazing, amazing thing that tears flow. The heart, it's just you have no idea how much love you have. And it just, it just comes. It just pours. And every time you think that you've met, you've met the max of love that you could possibly feel, here comes another baby. And all of a sudden, you have all this enormous amount of love that you get to share and feel for this new child that's been put in your care. And it's just an amazing, amazing thing. 
and God bless all you mothers out there, and God bless all you fathers. We just experienced Father's Day, and you know, not everyone can be called really a father because a father is a big responsibility, isn't it? You know, you are the head of the household. You are the one that leads your house and your family, and it's a big responsibility. So God bless you, those that take it seriously and, and do a good job at it. And, you know, you can't get the days back. You can't get the hours back. Those soccer games that seem like a pain, oh, my gosh, what I wouldn't do, which I get to do it again, I'm hoping my kids will, my grandkids will go through soccer. Because at the time I was the coach and, um, you know, I helped with the goodies, you know, just doing whatever I can to be part of their lives. And I looked forward to them, but also it was a long day, a long day. But, you know, looking back, they were some of the best best days and uh any mother and father out there you know what i'm talking about if you're experiencing it now it's it's like two two-sided isn't it you know but you're going to get past this and these kids are going to grow up and they're going to get car keys and then you're not going to see them and they're not going to want to spend time with you you have from one to 15 usually one to eight one to ten so parents pay attention to that because what is the most important message for you to give to your children what is it that you're living you know, what is it? You know, when you're not there to, to kiss the wounds, when you're not there to tell them it's going to be okay, where do they go? Do they go to social media? Where do they go to get the support and the help and the strength? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Victory is mine. I'm victorious in Jesus' name. Where do your kids go when maybe you're not available? You've got to teach them where they can go. So when you're not there, not that you don't want to be, but when you're not there, where are they going to go? Who are they going to seek out? Where are they going to find the answers that they truly need when there's so much confusion? Isn't there even for us as parents and grandparents? There is so much confusion going on right now. Where are they going to go? Who are they going to ask? You know, all the things that are going on right now, if somebody would have told me that I was going to experience these things, I would have said, you're, you're crazy, crazy. And it is crazy what's going on right now. Is it going to get better or is it going to get worse? Hmm. Obstacles to avoid. And there are endless obstacles that we must get around in order to see him clearly. And so that we can be in the light of his presence, we must flee spiritually dueling activities. We must run from them and get around them. They are blocking our way. We know what makes us vitally sensitive to God's appearances in the world and in the word. And we know what dulls us and blinds us and makes us not even want to seek him. These things we must move away from and go around if we would see God. That is what seeking God involves. And as we direct our minds and hearts Godward, in all our experiences, we cry out to him. This, too, is what seeking him means. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Isaiah 55, 6. Seeking involves calling and pleading. O oh Lord, open my eyes. O oh Lord, pull back the curtain of my blindness. Lord, have mercy and reveal yourself. I long to seek your face. Wow, those are heavy, good words. Humility essential. The great obstacle to seeking the Lord is pride. Boy, that word has a different meaning right now. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. Therefore, humility is essential to seeking the Lord. The great promise to those who seek the Lord is that he will be found. If you seek him, he will be found by you. First Chronicles 28.9. And when he is found, there is a great reward. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists 
and that he rewards those who seek him. Hebrews 11.6, God himself is our great reward, and when we have him, we have everything. Therefore, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Are we doing that? I know that I fall short. I know that sometimes I get so caught up in the busyness of the day, trying to do these memos, trying to make sure everybody's happy at work, trying to make sure that I keep the peace and make sure that everybody understands what the expectations are to get the business running. And personally, I have to set time aside so I can go see my grandkids and give them baths and just spend a little precious time with them. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your time? Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. You shall seek me and find me. When persons seek the Lord all right, they always find him. A God-hearing prayer, a God in Christ, bestowing favors upon them, granting them his presence, indulging them in communion with him, and favoring them with fresh supplies of his grace and everything needful for them. Every mercy, temporal and spiritual, that is, when they seek him in Christ. Who is the only way to the Father? under the guidance and influence of the Blessed Spirit in the exercise of faith upon him and his promises. With fervency of spirit and a door of mind, with diligence and important tenuity and earnest desires and strong affections and as follows, with all sincerity of soul, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. All your heart, not when it's comfortable, not when it's convenient, but to... Search for him with all your heart. Now, I find that I have to ask him to open my eyes and to open my ears. I want to see with his eyes. I want to see with his ears. I want to know what he wants from me. And sometimes it's real clear, and other times it's a little bit foggy. Like right now, I have the opportunity for the last two and a half years to purchase a 40-acre piece of land. This piece of land could bring a lot of hope. It could be a camp. It could be a ministry of a lot of different opportunities. You know, I could grow food. I could have chickens and cows and horses and get ready for whatever happens. Um, not so far-fetched right now, guys. I'm just saying. Or I could not. I could save that money and wait for the rainy day and hold that money, and hopefully it'll still be money. You know, there's a lot of things going on that are causing concerns. So what do I do? Lord, please tell me what I'm to do. Am I supposed to buy this 40 acres? It's been waiting for me for like two and a half years. Gone up a little bit in price, gone down, gone up. What am I supposed to do, Lord? And I don't know the answer right now, and I am waiting on him. But I'm hoping he's going to tell me soon because I don't want it to be my decision. And some people think I'm a dreamer. Yeah, I'm a dreamer, but I'm a God dreamer. I don't, I don't want to hold back God. How about you? Do you want to hold back God? I don't want to. I want to do what he wants me to do. And I've already, um, you know, he's already come through and fulfilled things that are way bigger than me. It has to be him because it's way bigger than me. And this would be another one of those times where it would be that. Search for him with eagerness, with a hearty desire to find him as men search for gold, silver, and hidden treasure. Are you doing that? Could you change now? Could your habits change now to where you could move towards that direction, which at the very beginning of this first part of the show, I said that if we change the minor little things, these little habits that we do every day, it can change our lives forever and all of those that we come in contact with. So listen, we will be back with part two of the Sue Free Show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. 
cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, E. Cola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring this show. I'm just so thankful that E. Cola has been able to, to sponsor. It's been great. And if you'd like to sponsor the show, I'd love to talk with you. Uh, you can do it just by get, going to SueFreezeBeltLikeFries.com, and we can talk. Uh, just connect with me there, and we can talk about the possibilities. Um, if you've been on the fence and you're not sure if you'd like to um, you know, um, advertise on the radio, this might be a good good way to start, you know, to get your toe or your foot in the water, that little leap of faith to to decide whether it would be a big leap of faith or not so much of faith anymore because you've tested it out and see that it's going to work for you. So all of that to be said, if you want to, you know, learn more, just uh, contact me by going to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com, and I'll be happy to talk to you about it. So I'm going to be talking about 10 powerful ways to see God in his presence. Uh, part one, I was talking about it and um, it was really good, the first part, and the second part's going to be equally as good. So so if you're just starting and joining in now, then then uh, that's great. If not, you can go back to the Sue Freeze website and, and listen to part, part one. Anyway, okay, so in my presence is the fullness of joy, Psalm 1611. The presence of God has been a constant reality in the lives of his children. From the Old Testament and King David to the New Testament and Apostle Paul, we read stories of how God's presence has been with his children throughout time. But the question is, how do you experience the presence of God today? Do you have that question, or have you never thought about it? How can you, a child of God, experience the manifest presence of the living God in your life? And here's 10 ways you can do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Set aside 10 minutes at the beginning and end of your day to pray. This is so good. Just 10 minutes. Okay, just 10 minutes before you put your feet down on the floor. Okay, you're in bed. You wake up. Instead of grabbing that phone, that's a habit of mine. Instead of grabbing my phone, we should take 10 minutes to just pray. 
Matthew 27:51 tells us how Jesus Christ's death on the cross tore the curtain separating us from the most holy place where the presence of God dwelt. Hebrews 10:19:23 explains how Christ opened a way for us to approach the throne of God and draw near to him in faith. So prayer is one of the best ways for you to experience the presence of God. By starting your day with prayer, you enter into the presence of the Lord and receive God's help to make it through your day. By ending your day with prayer, you put all of your concerns before the Lord's altar and can be sure that his presence will keep you through the night. Prayer is the most intimate piece of a Christian's walk with the Lord. If you want to experience more intimacy with the Lord, spend more time seeking his presence through prayer. Now, there is a way to pray, okay? And there's an understanding, you know, you give thanks first. You know, you don't, you don't start out with your wants, okay? He says to give thanks in all things. So you start with thankfulness. You think, thank him for being the most high, the almighty, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. You know, uh, thank him. Okay, then you can bring your request to him. But thank him first, okay? And, you know, isn't that a rule that we could use in our personal life with other relationships, our people? It's like, thank you so much for coming in today, or thank you so much for giving me that call. I really appreciate it. Really, really was wonderful that you called me in and you just touched base with me. I really appreciate that. Hey, listen, I, I got a question for you. And then you go into whatever it is, you know, and you might have an ask. You know, I don't know. Maybe they have an ask, but at least you're starting with the thankfulness, which is a good place to start. So that's number one. Start your day and end your day with prayer. How many of you think you could do that? If you did that change alone, it would change your life forever. How many of you think that you could actually do that? And if you don't know how, you don't have to have an organized prayer. In fact, it's better just to talk to him like he's your father. Just talk to him like a father, and hopefully it's a good relationship. This would be a great relationship because the, he's the almighty God. He's your heavenly Abba Father, and he loves you. He sent his only son to die in your place. How much is that love? That's, that's definitely love, isn't it? So number two, make conscious choices to find new ways to seek God. Have you ever thought about seeking God? Maybe you've never done that. Maybe that hasn't been something you've done before. When we make ourselves available to meet with God, we will find him. Exodus 33, 17, 23 tells how Moses went outside the camp to seek the Lord. He made a conscious choice to seek the Lord and removed himself from distractions. Sometimes that's what we need to do, isn't it? The result was that he found God and received a remarkable promise of God's presence for the task ahead. How many of you need to feel his presence and would like to have his promise over whatever decisions you're making. I definitely always want that because I know that I'm going to be in his will. Therefore, it's going to go favorably. If I don't and I go my own path, sometimes things give you hiccups and maybe roadblocks and even worse. There are various ways you can make a more concentrated effort to meet with God. You can study the word of God during your Bible reading, memorize Bible verses, attend church services, serve the prayer Serve and pray for others in the kingdom of God and much more. Make conscious choices to your life that, with le- will, that will lead to more of the Lord's presence. It is important to remember that spending time with God goes beyond the church walls and even church service. It is a daily commitment and choice. As you spend more focused time with the Lord, you will notice a growing realization of his presence in everything you do with and for him. In part one, I was talking about my children and my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. And and to me, this is a message that I would want to teach my children and my grandchildren. Long after I'm gone, I would love for them to listen to this show because I want them to understand the importance of drawing near and having a relationship with the Lord because the Lord is there 
all the time for th- you know through thick and thin. He never sleeps. He'll always hear you. And he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. His promises are good today, tomorrow, and forever. So if his word says that, then I'm believing that. And I have found that I've tested it. And I can tell you that it's truth. It is truth. Number three, identify and remove sinful actions from your life. Now, this one's tough because sometimes people don't want to change. They don't want to get rid of drinking or, or smoking or eating or whatever. And so sometimes, or even just foul language, you know, that's one too. So anything that we can do to, to change from these actions, that is a choice you make. Now, sometimes if we ask the Lord, he can help us with this. Sometimes, sometimes these, these habits are just hard to break. Sometimes we have to ask the Lord's um, strength and courage to, to do these things. Psalm 140.13 makes a life-changing promise. God's children can live in his presence. But unfortunately, one of the most significant obstacles to experiencing his presence in our lives is our sin, your choice. Sin damages the relationship between a holy father and his children. The separation caused by sin is why God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price of sin, Romans 6.23. Now that is telling you that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, that God is going to forgive you, that he forgives you. He gives you the grace. And so you don't have to live there. But what he's asking is to repent, which means turn away, turn away from that and go a different direction. And that's what he's saying is he'll forgive you. You don't have to stay there. Okay, what you did in the past is in the past. It's in your rearview mirror. Where you are is where you are and where you're going is where you're going. So let's not focus on the past. Let's learn from the past and move forward. Can we do that? The forgiveness Jesus offers is the only way to have a close relationship with God and the only way to experience the fullness of his presence. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the areas in your life that do not please the Father. Once you know what they are, be quick to remove them. As you learn to listen to and trust God's direction, you will find that his presence will be far more satisfying and pleasing than anything you will give up. I can tell you that firsthand, too. That is a true statement. Give it a shot. You have nothing to lose and everything to win. Give it a shot, even if you just give it two weeks to a month. Try one of these. And we're only on number three, and I've got more. Four, build a habit of expressing gratitude to God. Psalm 104 teaches that when entering his presence, it should be with thanksgiving. How easy is it for God's children to tell him about all the things bothering us and to never thank him? If you desire to enter his presence, you should give glory to the God, to, I'm sorry, glory to the Lord through your gratitude for his blessings. Maybe you cannot think of many things to be thankful for right now, but start building the habit of seeking things for which to thank God for. Look, if you get up every morning and you can walk, be thankful for that. If you have eyes to see, be thankful for that. If you can go down and make coffee, be thankful for that. How about that? You have children to go change their diapers, be thankful for that. You got to go to work. I I said that there, I said, oh man, I have to go to work. No, I get to go to work. I don't have to, I get to. And it's just a change in our, our thinking. It's our change being you know, uh, an attitude of gratitude. We need to be thinking like that. And it changes our belief system, which changes our actions. It changes our choice of words and our attitudes towards anything and everything that comes our way. Just having a thankful heart can change everything in our lives. The first step is to begin by writing down things you are grateful for in a journal. Maybe you would prefer to write what you are thankful for on a slip of paper and make a box to keep it in. If you are struggling with an ungrateful heart, ask the Holy Spirit to help you see God's blessings. As you practice gratitude, you will find you have more reasons to express thankfulness than you realized. Experience his presence in your life by developing 
a grateful spirit. There is someone in my life, his name is Daniel, and uh, my employees and, and people that know Daniel understand that this is something Daniel has taught me. I've always been thankful and grateful, but I don't always verbally state it. And Daniel has this way of just saying thank you for anything and everything. And it's because of, you know, his life, where he's come from. Um, and he just never in a million years thought he would be where he is now. And he's so grateful and thankful, and he doesn't forget where he came from. Now, there's something to be said about that, isn't there? When I, when I started the first part of this, I was talking about all the things that we go through in our lifetime, that they're there for a reason, and they're, they're and for a season sometimes. But part of the reason that I'm on the radio is because of the things that I've been through and how I've, I've been kind of pressed and pressed and pressed to draw near to the Lord and to, to try to follow his will because I want, I want the blessings. I don't want to be cursed. I want the blessings of what God has for me, and I want to live in his purpose. I want to pursue his passion, his purpose, and I want to be connected with you, listener. And the only way I can do that is by having that compassion inside of me that knows where people have been. Now, have I experienced everything? Boy, I hope not. But the things I have experienced has caused me to be more sensitive to, to things and to people. And, uh, you know, I fall short just like we all do, and God gives me the grace, as he does for you. And, man, am I so thankful for that. If you've just tuned in, can I just say thank you to you? And can I just say that I would love to connect with you. And how do you do that? You go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. When you go there, uh, there's so much you can learn. There's so much that you can watch and listen to. Uh, you, you know, there are the I am's there that, you know, talk about the Lord, what the Lord says about you. There's so many people in our lives that are talking smack. They're just talking bad about us. Or we are talking bad about us. We are seeing negative things, things that are bringing us down. And we need to change that recording in our own heads. And, and in the Bible, in Matthew, it says you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? It's by these things, the things that I'm talking about right now, is understanding that we have a, a, um, a trail, a, a way of making changes in our lives that are going to change our uh, outcome, you know, the impact we have on our children and everybody that we come in contact with. We have a choice in all of these things to suffer the consequences or reap the rewards. Which one do you want? Which one? Number five, read God's word with the purpose of knowing him. God has revealed himself to us in many ways. However, there are times where God's children are unable to feel his presence. Why? One reason may be that they do not seek to know him personally, like to find what God can do for them. For this reason, it can feel like he is God in heaven, a distant ruler over their lives, instead of the personal God he desires to be. Search God's word for his revealed attributes, and you will soon know him on an intimate level. Can you determine today to begin reading the Bible to know God on a deeper level? As you read, pray, and ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to know him in all his beauty. Remember, the Bible is not just a book. Read it like the love letter God intends it to be. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 Do this, and you will find a love for God and a closeness to him that no earthly relationship can outdo. Number six, learn to be joyful in all circumstances. Now, this is easy when things are going great, right? I mean, it's so great to be joyful. But he's saying even in your circumstances, the negative ones, the ones where it's, it's not so fun, he's saying to give joy in all things, you know, to be joyful. Philippians is the book of joy, you know, to be joyful. And the joyful is in the giving. So what are you giving? Even when things are tough, we still have an ability to give and to be 
So it's your choice. James 1, 2, 4 says we are to meet our difficulties with joy because this will make us more like Father. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18 tells us to, to will make us more like Father. 1 Thessalonians tells us to rejoice and pray in all circumstances because that is what God wants from us. A joyful attitude is evidence of your faith in God to work on your behalf. If you lack the faith to keep a joyful attitude, ask Jesus to increase your faith. Luke 17, 5, choose now to be joyful in all things, and this will develop a confidence that nothing can shake. Your confidence will be in him, not in your circumstances. You will find the presence of the Lord in your adversity when you set your heart to be joyful through it all. 2 Corinthians 1, 8, 10. Now, how can we be joyful? I'll tell you how I am, because when I say, uh, in Christ, I can do all things, I, can, I find joy in that. And when I say victory is mine, in Jesus' name, it's like, I don't see the victory at the moment, but I know it's there. So I'm having joy in knowing that the victory is mine. And I'm believing in that victory. It's having faith and believing that the victory is mine. I, don't, my, I might not see it right now, but it's there. And so I can find joy in that. And, and joy that the sun comes up new every morning. You know, we might go to bed just so devastated for whatever it is that we've gone through that day. But the next day is a new day. So how are we going to start it out? Hopefully with the 10 minutes in prayer in the morning, right? That's a good thing. So number seven, offer God your praises, even if they come through tears. Tears aren't a bad thing. In fact, I was talking to Daniel because he's, he's emotional sometimes. And I said, oh, there comes the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit gets a hold of your heart. And, and emotionally, you, you know, there's a change that happens. The Holy Spirit helps happen. And that takes emotion, you know, and it's tears because um, – is it your head that causes you to react sometimes, or is it your heart? I think it's both. Um, our belief system, that's in our head, but our heart can move, move, right? It's like that heartfelt, that passion that we have, that passion I don't believe is in my head. My passion is in my heart because I don't let that flame, that fire burn out because it's passion inside of me. God put it there for a reason, and I'm going to thrust through, and I'm going to get through whatever it is with God's help, of course. can't do it alone. It's him through me that makes things happen. Number seven, offer God your praises even if they come through tears, right? So the tears. The Bible teaches much on how God loves the praises of his children. Psalm 22.3 says the God inhabits the praises of his people. If you want to experience the presence of the Lord in your life, join with the angels and worship the living God. Unfortunately, in the world's current culture, it's typically not acceptable to praise God for everything in your life. It's not acceptable. It is easy to accept that all good things in your life come from the right hand of God, but what about the difficult things? Do we need to praise him even then? We have biblical evidence. The answer is yes. Offer God your praise in the good times and the bad. The angels worship God. Revelation seven eleven. Determine in your heart that you will join them even if your praise is mingled with tears. There is no better place to be when suffering than in the presence of your heavenly Father who loves you. Isn't that true to be embraced? You know, when you're sad or you're just distraught, what do you want more than anything? You want to be held. You want to be held, and the, our Heavenly Father wants to just embrace us. Remove your heart's idols, giving Christ his rightful place. That's number eight. Do you have any idols in your life? Do you even know what they are? Think about that. And if there are any, you want to get those out of there, right? You, you don't want to have that. It could be your job. It could be money, health, success, family. 
in some cultures, an actual statue of a different God. First John 5.21 beautifully states God's desire for his children. He warned us to keep ourselves from worshiping idols. A quick way to experience more of the Lord's presence in your life is to put everything you hold dear in its proper place. Surrender to the Lord anything that has a greater hold on your heart than God. God wants a deep and personal relationship with you. When worldly things and concerns make way for the living God, you will experience more of him. Matthew 6.33 says to put him first, and he will deal with the other concerns of your life. There's so many times where I have to remember that, that if I put him first and I love thy neighbor as thyself, if I just do those two commands, love thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and body, and love thy neighbor as thyself, if I do those two, everything else seems to work out. But I have to remember that. Because when things get out of control, when they get so whacked that I'm like not sure which what to do, I have to go back to the basics. I have to go back to the basics. Just like sports, coach will say, back to basics. Anything we do, sometimes we have to go back to the basics. Nine, surrender all areas of your life to his perfect will. Jeremiah learned a long time ago that our plans and desires are not our own but belong to our creator, the living God, Jeremiah 10, 23. Set your heart on pleasing him and invite Jesus to be Lord over every area of your life. Pray for a willing mind to surrender to whatever God brings to you, both good and bad. Surrender demonstrates your love and trust. Pray and ask the Lord to take control of your plans and desires. Ask him to give you a willing spirit to follow his lead wherever it takes you. His guiding hand upon your life can bring you peace and courage to face all he allows to come your way. As you discover the path of life, he has chosen, you will find comfort knowing his presence is with you. That is true. When you're aligned, when you're aligned with the Lord, you can feel his presence is with you. You feel it. And also, as you draw nearer to him, when you are getting out of his alignment, you can feel that too. And that's just knowing him and seeking his presence in all things, in all parts of your life. Number 10, pray for the eyes to see evidence of his presence. Your eyes, your heart, just everything about you. Just ask for the Holy Spirit to be present with you, and you will sense it. You will feel it. You don't see the Holy Spirit, but you can feel it. It's like the wind. You know, you don't, you don't see it, but you feel it. God's Word invites us to seek God's face. Tell us to seek his face always again. In Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, we are promised to find him if sought for with all our being. What a beautiful gift Christ Jesus has given us. He has given us a way to have a personal relationship with the Heavenly Father who does not hide from us. You can be confident that God has many things he desires you to experience with him. Do you want that? Do you want that for your life? I know the Lord wants that for your life. So the conclusion is this, and I hope I can get through it. Scripture, scripture tells us we have not because we ask not. Therefore, you should ask God to reveal himself to you. Look for his hand in all that you experience on our daily basis, in both good and bad. What you will find is that John 1.14 is more real to you now than ever before. The word, which is Jesus Christ, became flesh and is dwelling with you. The truth is that God's presence is always with his children. King David, a man after God's own heart, beautifully expressed his truth in Psalm 139. The Lord God knows when you sleep and wake and everything in between. There is nothing concerning your life that escapes his notice. It's interesting, Psalm 139. I have that circled and I want it in my, um, in my funeral because uh, search me and know me, O God, if there's any evil way. You know, let me know, pluck it out, you know, get rid of it, because I don't want there to be an evil way. I want to leave this earth with no negativity, no anger, no 
um, hate, no um, regret. I just really don't. How about you? As you make these 10 different ways to seek his presence a part of your daily routine, you will join the rest of God's children. You will build your intimate relationship with the Lord of heaven and deepen your spiritual life. We are all on a journey of learning to recognize his fingerprints in every part of our lives. O Lord, may your presence continue to guide and lead us like your column of fire and smoke led your people out of the desert into the promised land. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to show us that you are with us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm hoping that's your prayer. I have 30 seconds, so what I want to say is, look, um, E. coli Termite and Pest Control sponsors this show, and I'm so grateful for them. They are hiring, and they need good people. We have seven offices. We cover from San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo, and thank you for all of the San Diegans, Venturians, Orange Countyans, LAans, Santa Marians, Santa Barbarans, you know, whatever. Uh, thank you all for listening to this show. This is the Sue Free Show. Go to Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com, and check it out. God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Bye for now. Ah, it's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.